Thanks for joining us on the Father's House Podcast, where we are bringing hope and impacting our community by leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. We're so glad you're here, and wherever you're listening from, we believe your life will be transformed through this week's message. So let's jump right into it. Thank you. Oh, where'd he go? Oh, there he is. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm always honored to stand in the pulpit and bring a word that God has for us as a body. And we're in this series called Dreams. Um, Hopefully God has uh, spoken to you through it. If you missed any of them, please go back to our archives, thefathershouse.com slash dreams, and you can watch them all. Um, Over the last five weeks, we've talked a lot about dreams, and what are they, and what happens when you get that dream, and how do you get that dream. And so, uh, again, go back and look and go through the archives if you haven't caught up to everything, but uh, this is not in your notes today, but these are some of the things that that Pastor shared with us and the other people that taught on dreams, that, you know, it's not the dream you had at night, when you ate pizza and you thought, well, what was that? Um, Now, I'm not saying God can't speak in dreams. He does, but he doesn't always speak that way. So just be careful about who you're listening to and what you're listening to. But, you know, there sometimes the desires and ambitions you have while you're awake, right? There's different things that God drops into us. Listen, he created us a certain way to do certain things, and he didn't make a mistake. So when he gifted you and talented you and put things in your heart to do, it's because it's going to fulfill a purpose and a destiny and a dream that he has for you. And that's really important. A God-given dream is divinely, is a divinely given picture of what could be and should be. So I hope you're living out your dream. I hope you're living out your dream, but sometimes maybe some of you are saying, I don't even know if I have a dream. I I, I don't even know what it is. So if you don't know what it is, pray and ask God for it. But in the meantime, love God and love people. You know, love God to the best of your ability and love people with a God heart. And he's going to start revealing things to you about how he wants to use you. So today I want to talk about dreams take faith and patience. I mean, they take faith and patience. And we all have dreams and aspirations, some more than others, different degrees. But we want God to fulfill our dreams so that they can become a reality. But you know what? It rarely happens overnight. Weeds grow overnight. The beanstalk grew overnight. But it rarely happens overnight. It's like Bill who decided he was going to get real buff and tone and, and, and go to the gym. So he picked up a, one barbell and he just did it once and he looked in the mirror and he said, I don't see anything. This gym is a scam. It's not going to happen overnight. So I heard this. We were watching the ACMs and, and Lainey Wilson said, if you're going to be a dreamer, you have to be a doer. And I was like, yes, that'll work in my teaching because we can dream all day long, but a dream without a plan is just like nothing. It's a big talk. So we have to be a doer of what God is telling us. A lot of times you have to step out of your comfort zone. You have to take risks. You know what? You're going to face obstacles along the way, but are you going to quit or are you going to keep pursuing? This is where faith comes in. We have to have faith to believe that God is going to work it out for our good and that we're not going to quit in the middle of it and go, oh, that was tough. I didn't know. I didn't see that coming. This is where faith comes into the picture. We can overcome any obstacle that gets in our way because God 
is for us. In verse uh, 11, I mean chapter 11, verse 1 of Hebrews, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Now, I don't know why people think that having hope is a bad thing. Hope is what you can't see. It's the substance of things hoped for. It's the inside of what you're hoping for. That's the faith that keeps us going and going and going. So that means even when we can't see our destiny, even when we can't see that dream, that future, that end, we know that we're going to reach it because God is for us. God is showing us how to do that. Having faith in our dreams is not always easy. And sometimes things are out of your control. Anybody but me don't like that? I don't like that. I like to be in control of things. But God's like, girl, if you would let go, you would let me do it. I'll get you there faster. Anybody? Come on. We want to be in control. We want to be in control. But sometimes it seems like a hopeless situation. Like, God, come on. I've been waiting. I've been praying. I've been believing. I've been doing all the things, and I'm stuck in the middle. I'm not going anywhere. It seems hopeless. I want to share some things that, that I think for you to remember as you're pursuing this dream. Whatever stage that you're in of your dream, I want you to remember these things. And this is a fill-in. The first thing would be face the facts with faith. Don't deny the facts, but face them with faith. Don't pretend there isn't a problem. Have you met somebody like that? I mean, I know about speaking positive things. I, I know that. You know, but you don't say, I'm not sick, because you are sick. You, don't, you say, thank you, God, that you're making me well. That's a flip of that negative statement. So don't deny the fact. Don't say, I'm not in pain when you are. But use faith in the middle of those facts. When you have faith, you don't have to deny reality. Deuteronomy 31.6 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them. For it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Why? Because God is bigger than the problem. I can't remember if it was VeggieTales, but there's a song that says, God is bigger than the boogeyman and the monsters on TV. So what are you looking at? Are you looking at the problem or are you looking at God? When we make God, when we focus on God, when we magnify on God, magnify God, we make our problems smaller. He gets bigger. It's all perspective. He's bigger. It's smaller because he's better than our problem and he will work it out. You can pursue your dreams with faith and patience. But how do you do that? You have to look beyond your circumstance. Look beyond your circumstance. That's the second fill-in. Listen to this, 2 Corinthians 4, 18. We fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is on unseen. Since what is seen, the problem, is temporary. But what is unseen, which is God's power, that's eternal. That's 2 Corinthians 4.18. We focus on the thing. We focus on the circumstance. We focus on the problem. Oh, God, get me out of this thing. And you focus on it, and you're not, we're not focusing on God. Circumstance is a form of the word for circumference, right? That's around a circle. You're standing in the middle of the problem circle. And that's all you see. But God's like, nope, nope, don't look 
at the circumstance. Look beyond the circumstance. Rick Warren had a great thing. He said, if you look at the world, you're going to be distressed because there's a lot of problems everywhere. If you look within, you're going to be depressed because we got a lot of things we need to work on. But if you look at Jesus, you'll be at rest. And keep looking. Keep looking at Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Don't be like Peter who said, I'm coming, Lord. You called me. I'm coming. I'm stepping out on the water. And while he was looking at Jesus, he was walking on the water. But as soon as he took his eyes off Jesus, what happened? He sunk. Don't be like that. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Matthew 17, 20 says, Truly, I tell you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. That reminds me that even a small amount of faith can move mountains. Even a small amount. God has given each of us a measure of faith, but sometimes we don't think we have enough. Don't allow that circumstance to dictate to you. Don't allow it to say, you don't have enough faith. You're never going to get to where you want to be. It'll never happen. Take that mustard seed of faith and throw it at that circumstance and say, you know what? God is bigger than this situation. I'm going to hold on to my faith. I'm going to believe that God is able to do what he said he's going to do. Don't forget in Hebrews 12, it says that God is the author and the finisher of our faith. He gave it to me, and he's going to finish the work in me. So get your eyes off yourself. Let's look to Jesus, and let's remember that he is the one who's got all of this planned out for us. The next thing I want you to remember is don't stop believing. I know what you did. You sang, don't stop Believing. How many? How many of you sang that in your head? Okay, now if you forget everything, you're going to remember that one point. Don't stop believing. Matthew 21, 22 says, if you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. Now, you know that means according to God's word. You can't just be crazy asking for things that, you know. Some people do that, but we want to ask God for the things he has for us according to his word. That means when we have faith and believe in our dreams, we're going to receive the strength, the wisdom, the resources that we need to make that thing happen. Why? It's not about me. It's about me bringing glory to God. It's about me using the things that God gave me to give him glory. The way that he made me is on purpose to do something on purpose. Believe that nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. Friends of ours uh, wrote a song back in the day, I don't know, 40-some years ago. Um, the, the, the song was, Impossible is Impossible. And Jeff's dad could never get that. He's like, what do you mean? That doesn't make sense. How is impossible impossible? Well, he was saying it's impossible for God to do anything that's not possible. So impossible is impossible with God. Just ruminate on that. <laughs> if God is for us, who can be against us? That's what Romans says. Listen, if God is on your side, why do you even think there's a problem? Why do we forget? Oh, but this is happening and that's happening and they said this about me and I got fired and this happened and that happened. God is for us. 
Who can be against us? And it's not based on what we do. It's based on who he is and the fact that he loves us. He loves us so much. We don't have to do everything right and perfect in ourselves. We are right and perfect in him. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. There's a story in the Bible about having faith. A, a widow woman, you know, there was a famine in the land, and she was basically getting ready to die. She told herself, I don't know what else to do. I don't have anything. I've got a little bit of flour and a little bit of oil, and, and I guess I'll just make this some cakes for me and my son, and we'll eat them, and we'll die. I don't know what to do. And then all of a sudden, a prophet showed up, Elijah, and said, hey, um, just started talking to him. And she was like, this has got to be from God. This has got to be from God. So she put her faith together through a little bit of faith in that oil and that flour, and she made that cake, and she gave it to him. And guess what? She never wanted for anything again. Her faith, that little bit of faith, she trusted God, and he opened doors for her. So the next thing I want to say is wait on and trust God's timing. Wait on and trust God's timing timing. Now, this is a big one. I might have to camp here for a minute because we get frustrated. We get to the place where we don't want to do it anymore. We're like, I'm tired. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. But God is saying, no, you keep on. You don't give up. You keep going. You wait on and trust. Listen to Habakkuk 2.3. It says, for the vision is yet for the appointed future time. It hurries toward the goal of fulfillment. It will not fail. Even though it delays, wait patiently for it. It will certainly come. It will not delay. Now, come on. Do you see that? that first it's saying it's, it delays, but then it will not delay. What is, what is going on there? You know what he's saying? In God's timing not yours, the appointed time. So even though it delays, you're in the middle going, okay, what is happening? I don't see anything going on here. I'm getting frustrated. It's delayed, but it's delayed for the appointed time for it will certainly come and it will not delay in God's timing. It cannot delay because his timing is perfect. God's timing is perfect. He's always working behind the scenes. We sang that song this morning. You have to believe that no matter what you're going through, he is working behind the scenes. And your dreams, your destiny that God gave you will happen at the right time. Don't be like Sarah and Abraham. They were getting impatient. God said, Abraham, you're going to be the father of many nations. And he didn't have one child. And he's like, I don't know what he's talking about, and I'm getting old. So something needs to happen. And Sarah, his wife, was like, well, yeah, I don't know how that's going to happen. I'm old too. So let's get Hagar, and let's have her have a baby. And I'm not going to be the spoiler alert. You need to go and read that. What happened? Um, it wasn't good because they were outside of God's timing. They were outside, that's in Genesis 16. You could go home and read that. It was outside of what God was wanting to do. There was an airplane pilot and he was flying with his co-pilot over the Tennessee mountains and he looked down at a little lake and he said, when I was a kid in a rowboat in that lake, I would hear the planes, and I would look up, and I would say, one day, I'm going to fly a plane over this lake. 
And then he said, now I look down and I wish I was in that boat fishing. <laughs> Doesn't that happen sometimes? We can't wait, we can't wait, we can't wait. We get there and then we're like, oh, I wish I had what I used to have. But you know what? You have to be content with where you are on the way to where you're going. Be content with where you are on the way to where you're going. I'm not saying camp out. I'm not saying stay forever. I'm saying no matter what's going on, you be content in that moment. That's what Paul talked about. He was in a prison, and he said, I have learned to be content no matter where I am. No matter where I am, I've had a lot and I've had a little. But I'm telling you, be content with where you are because a bad attitude about it is going to keep you there way longer then you need to be. So be content with where you are. Now, what if you're not hearing anything? What if you're listening, man? You're praying and you're listening and you're waiting for God and you're listening and you're not hearing anything and you're not hearing anything and you're waiting. In the silence, listen for God's whisper. Remember, sometimes God is loud and sometimes he's quiet. Sometimes he whispers. So how can you hear a person whispering? You have to be quiet, first of all. You have to sometimes help yourself with the little ear cup. Like what? And you have to get close. If Pastor Terry whispered to me from over there really low, I wouldn't know what he was saying because I can't hear him. But if I got closer, the closer, real close and intimate, he can whisper in my ear and I can hear him. So when you don't hear anything, listen for the whisper. Don't listen to the enemy and his lies. Why? I just want to know why, and I'm including myself, why do we listen to the lies of the enemy? Why do we believe the lies of the enemy? Why is it so easy to believe the lies that he throws in our head? I don't know. That's what he does. He's good at it. That's his MO. He's like, I'm going to tell her something she, um, you know, I know is not true, but she's going to believe it. Why? Why don't we believe what God is saying about us. We have a whole book, a whole book of promises, a whole book of how-tos, a whole book of God's word. This isn't just words on a paper. This is Jesus. Remember, Jesus is the word. He became flesh and dwelt among us. We have a whole lot of things to hear from God and believe that God said to us instead of what the enemy says to us. So another thing I wanna, want you to remember is don't let doubt talk you out of it. Don't let doubt talk you out of it. Guard your mind. Because we know their doubts are going to come, so you need to guard your mind. Isaiah 26 and 3 says, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. You keep you and you and you. God keeps all of us in perfect peace because our minds are stayed on him. Philippians 4.8 says, Finally, brothers, whatsoever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about those things. 
I have to do that to myself. I'll go down a trail of nasty, bad, negative, dark stuff sometimes. And I have to pull myself back out and say, stop thinking about that. Why are you thinking about that? Whatsoever things are pure, just, lovely, of a good report, these are the things I'm going to think on. There's plenty of junk around us. We don't need to constantly ruminate and think about and go over and meditate on the negative. Let's do that with the word. You've heard this before. If you can worry, you can pray. If you can worry, you can pray. You're just saying the things that God's word says instead of what you're worrying about. Declare God's word over your dream. Declare God's word over yourself. We've taught you that for years here at the Father's house. Speak the word of God over yourself. Pray the word of God and use in the name of Jesus at the end of your prayer because that's where the power comes from. Don't talk yourself out of it. Talk yourself into it. Don't talk yourself out of it. Well, you know, if I think about it, that's a long way off. I don't know if I can get there. When you're at the bottom of a stairwell and you need to get to the top of the stairwell, you don't take one step to the top. You look at the bottom and you say, hmm, today I feel like one step at a time. And you just take one step at a time. Other days you have a little more energy. Maybe you skip a few and you do the little two at a time. But you still can't get there in one step. You're moving slowly. Don't talk yourself out of what that dream is that God gave you. Talk yourself into it. Do you speak faith-filled words over yourself? Or do you speak fear-filled words over yourself? Listen to what you're saying to yourself. Your words are seeds that get planted and grow into trees, right? And they're either going to produce good fruit or bad fruit. So when you go home this week, I want you to pay attention to what you are thinking about, what you're talking about, how you're speaking over yourself. All these little reminders that I'm giving you today are for where you are right now. Some of you can see the, the, the light at the end of the tunnel compare, uh, talking about your dream. Others of you feel like you're in a dark cave. It doesn't matter. This works for all of us no matter where we are. We're not going to give up. We're going to have faith. Why would God put a dream in your heart if he wasn't going to help you fulfill it? He wouldn't. But that's the important part. Did God give you the dream? That's the important. I can't answer that. Only you can answer that. Only you know if God gave you this dream or not. And how, what do you use as a guidepost? You can use peace as a guidepost. That doesn't mean you understand everything about it. It just means, you know, I don't understand. I can't figure it out. But when I think about it, I have peace about it. But I don't know how I'm going to do it. Then you start getting those thoughts of talking yourself out of it. And you're like, no, no, no. God said it. I believe it. I told you before, I'm standing at the altar with Pastor Terry getting, getting ready to get married. And I'm like, what am I doing? I don't know him. We only met six months ago. What's going on? And I heard God say, Shh, girl, Remember I told you this was from me? And I had a peace in my heart that I knew that I knew that I knew. My brain was trying to undo it. And that was 32 years ago. Amen. So sometimes we doubt ourselves 
But we have to remember that we're all unique. We're all made by God different ways. Just because she's doing it doesn't mean you should do it. Just because he can't do it doesn't mean you can't do it. God made us all individually with different strengths, different weaknesses. So you have to embrace your strengths and work on your weaknesses. At least know what they are. If you don't have a person in your life to help you with your blind spots, I'm going to tell you, you need to find one. Now, what does that mean? Well, it's a blind spot because you don't see it. That's why it's a blind spot. I know that's brilliant, right? You don't see it, it's called a blind spot. So when I trust somebody in my life, whether it's my spouse or a good friend or somebody, to speak the truth in love to me, and I trust them, hey, tell me what you see as a blind spot in my life. And be careful because it's going to come. I'm just telling you. They're not going to go, hmm, I don't see any. And if, I, if you are here, I want to meet you. Because we all have blind spots. So ask that person about your blind spot, and then receive it when they give it to you, and then figure out how you can be better at that. Remember Nathan and David, he told him, he's like, dude, this thing happened, and, and then David was going to be like, you go and you do. And he said, it was you. It was you. So help me, Lord, show me my blind spots. So, and then sometimes we feel like we don't have enough faith to do it. Remember I said a mustard seed, but you don't feel like that mustard seed is doing anything. It's like, come on, God, I don't know what's going on. The next thing I want to tell you, it's important to surround yourself with people who believe in you. Surround yourself with people who believe in you. We need people to encourage us, to support us. We need these people to help us stay focused. Now, be careful who you tell you dream to, because sometimes people will squash it and say, You're re that's ridiculous. Are you kidding me? Be careful who you tell it to. Be telling your dreams to somebody who's faith-filled, who's an encourager, and who wants to help you get there. Okay? So you're going to surround yourself with people who believe in you. And, um, you know, today is Mother's Day, and we talked about it a little bit, but I want to honor the faith of the moms, faith of moms and grandmoms, right? Faith of the grandmothers that didn't stop praying. How many of you had one of those grandmothers that never stopped praying for you? That's amazing, moms praying for us, believing when we didn't believe, speaking life and prayers over us. We want to honor you and tell you that you are amazing. In 2 Timothy, the Apostle Paul wrote a letter to Timothy, who really was like his son. And, you know, back in the day, they didn't really talk a lot about women uh, or, or recognize them very much. But Paul said in this letter to Timothy, in 2 Timothy 1 and 5, he said, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that, first, that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And now, I am sure, dwells in you as well. What was he saying? He was honoring the faith of his mother and his grandmother, saying, look it, it's passing on, it's passing on. Maybe you didn't have that kind of faith in your family line. It can start with you. You just have faith like you don't even know so that it can pass on and pass on and pass on. And one day your kids and your grandkids would say, man, I was ready to give up, but my grandmother never gave up on me. My grandfather never gave up on me. They spoke life over me. They told me to keep going. They saw the potential of who I was and what God wanted to do in my life. He started his letter that way, recognizing the influence and the value that the mother and grandmother had.
Live your faith daily. Ask God. He'll give you opportunities to show your faith to yourself and to others. Live your faith daily. So don't forget, if you hit a roadblock, that's not really a bad thing. Don't give up. Keep pursuing it. And make all of those roadblocks and setbacks count. Now, what do I mean by that? Learn something from them. Don't give up. Keep moving. But that roadblock, have you ever seen, like, I don't know, when I was a kid, I used to play with um, outside. We did a lot of things outside, made our own little, um, what do you call those cars? Um, Hot Wheels cars. We made cities, right? We did all that. Well, you hit an ant mound, and that's not pretty. Have you ever seen a bunch of ants? They are working, man. They're on purpose doing something. They're traveling from this point to that point, carrying stuff. And you're like, how in the world are they doing that? And they're following each other. Well, did you ever go put your thumb and cross the line? Have you ever seen what that does? They don't know what to do anymore. They, they get stuck at that line and they go around. Well, I feel like sometimes God might do that with us. Hey, girl, you're going this way, and I don't want you to go that way, so I'm going to put a little detour line here for you so you'll go around and then you realize after you went around you go oh thank you Jesus you didn't let me go that way so don't see an obstacle as a bad thing recognize sometimes that opposition is trying to make you quit that's what it's trying to do it's testing your character it's testing your integrity but it's an opportunity to get stronger it's an opportunity to uh, uh, see what God is going to do through that. James 1 and 2 through 4 is a great example. He said, pray, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete and lacking nothing. Count it all joy. I've talked about this before. You've read it yourself, and you're like, I don't know how I could count it joy. It doesn't feel good. It hurts. I don't want to be here. But if your mindset is, I am going to grow through this. I am going to be better through this. It's like lifting the weight. The more you do it, the more it hurts. But the more it hurts, the stronger you get. You keep on doing it, and before you know it, you have the muscles. I mean, Tuesdays and Thursdays, when we work out with Al, I am sore the next day. I can like, oh, I feel what we did. We did lunges. We did. Guess what? All of that is, doesn't feel good, but it's working to make me stronger. You have to be patient on the journey. I want to get to the end, no doubt. That's when I, Jesus calls us home. But I mean, along the way, the journey is the important thing. I want to enjoy the journey, be patient on the journey, have faith on the journey. Trust that everything God is doing on the journey is a good thing. It's going to get you to what he wants you to accomplish. I want to read you this scripture as we end. Romans 5, 3 through 5 in the message. Now, really, I want you to listen. You can read if you want, but if you want to close your eyes and just listen to this. This is so great. In the middle of the stuff, when you're learning and you're growing, listen. We continue to shout our praise even when we're hemmed in with troubles. Because we know how troubles can develop passionate patience in us. 
and how that patience in turn forges the tempered steel of virtue, keeping us alert for whatever God will do next. In alert expectancy such as this, we're never left feeling shortchanged. Quite the contrary. We can't round up enough containers to hold everything God generously pours into our lives through the Holy Spirit. Remember the widow in the Old Testament, too, where she didn't have any oil. All she had was a little bit of oil, and they were like, well, go get all the containers that you can get, and they kept getting filled, kept getting filled, kept getting filled. That was a miracle. This is saying, man, no matter what's going on, God is generously pouring into your lives in containers. You can't even hold it all. So as I'm closing, I want to remind you that having both faith and patience is essential because the enemy wants you to give up in the middle of it, and we don't want to do that. Stay motivated. Keep your eyes on the goal. Keep your eyes on the prize. That's what Paul said. Man, I've been through it, but I'm keeping my eyes on the prize. Our dreams are going to come to pass in the right time. That's a word for somebody. You're like, man, I have been waiting and waiting and waiting and praying and believing and speaking and doing all these things. But God said, trust me for the right time. And you're going to look back and you're going to go, whoo, yes, thank you, Jesus, that, you, that it didn't happen when I thought it should happen. We also have to have faith and patience through any setback or obstacle or things that come our way because God is working behind the scenes. I want you to make a picture of that in your mind. He's working. He never stops working on our behalf. Whether you hear it or not, whether you see it or not, he's always working behind the scenes. And God's plan for our lives is perfect. His plan is perfect. I want to encourage you today. Get motivated in, in discovering what that dream is if you haven't already. If you know what that dream is and you're in the middle of it and you're feeling frustrated, I want to encourage you to keep moving forward, to not lose hope, to keep looking towards Jesus as the answer. The fulfillment of your God dreams is waiting for you with faith and patience. You can achieve it. Do you believe it? Amen. Amen. Well, again, I want to encourage you. I want to pray now for those of you that maybe feel stuck in the middle. If you, if you, first of all, if you're having a hard time figuring out what your dream is or you feel stuck in the middle of it, will you just raise up your hand so I can agree with you in prayer and let you know that God is moving, God is working, God is going to show you. I'm going to pray even this week God reveals one more step for you so you can see that you're not in a wilderness, but that he is moving. So God, I thank you for those that raised their hand, those maybe that didn't, some people at home. Please, Lord God, encourage them in their dream. Encourage them in their destiny, in their walk, and wherever they are, if it's on hold or pause or they're feeling frustrated or overwhelmed, whatever it is, God, I pray that you, Holy Spirit, would lead, guide, and direct them into that next step so they know that they're pursuing what you have for them. In Jesus' name.
Now, if you're here today and maybe you don't know Jesus as your Lord, as your Savior, you've never surrendered your life to follow Jesus. And really all that means is I can't do it on my own. I need a Savior. I need Jesus to show me how to live this life. I tried it on my own. I can't do it. I need a, a director of my life. And he said, listen, it's a free gift. I sent my son Jesus to die on the cross for you, to redeem you from the pit of hell for eternity. You're going to be in heaven for eternity. Jesus paid the price for that. He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. He said, if you would confess those, he said, I'm going to forget them as far as the east is from the west. If that's you today, as everybody's bowing their head and closing their eyes and let the Holy Spirit move upon, among this place, if you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, would you raise your hand so we can pray a prayer so you would know that your eternity is secure while you're here on this earth Amen. Maybe you didn't raise your hand, but you've been thinking about it. Maybe you're wanting to surrender your life. You're afraid because you think, oh, no, that means I'm going to have a boring life and I'm never going to be able to do anything. No. Believe me. Your best day without Jesus is better than your worst day with him. You cannot live a life without Jesus and know what you were created for. So I pray that you would come to a place where you would surrender your life. And maybe, you know, it's okay. Maybe you see where it says first step on either side of the auditorium here, whatever side you're on. If you want to go over and talk to them, they'll pray a great prayer with you and give you a, what we call our first step kit. It's going to help you on your journey. Thanks for joining us. If you said that prayer and surrendered your life to Jesus, it's the best decision you will ever make. And we would like to celebrate with you. We have some tools to help you on your journey. Simply text DECIDED to 352-329-2301. That's 352-329-2301. Join us next time as we continue to love God, love people, and make disciples.